Today's episode is sponsored by AMJ Designs. This company is owned by my good friend Anne-Marie Johansson, and she is truly a master of her craft. AMJ Designs specializes in graphics, logo design, printed advertisements, web design, and much, much more. She just did a ton of stuff for me and Allie's wedding. She designed the Fallen Statues logo, which is the band that we're in. Numerous designs for churches and local businesses, and currently she's working on some stuff for the podcast. But you don't have to take my word for it. Check her out today on Facebook at AMJ Designs for all of her contact info. Again, that's AMJ Designs. Another one taken too soon. Wow. Wow. Everyone, welcome to another episode of the Not Religious Podcast, um, where uh, this is your home for all things Jesus, cold brew, <laughs> aliens, and yeah. of course, butt it, stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> butt stuff. <laughs> I'm Blake. Uh, I'm Brian. And uh, this week, we're coming at you. But another uh, literally, <laughs> literally hot. No, no pun intended. That's, that's, that's horrible. That is Gosh, horrible, man. Um, People died. Ah, they did. They they died. Anyway, we are we are coming at you this week, hot. Yeah. With, uh, some David Koresh and the Branch Davidians. That I mean that, <laughs> and that, that sounds like a a band. Yeah. Oh yeah. He uh he was a rocking preacher, man. He he but, was just trying to live out his dream. But that sounds like a band. Yeah. David Koresh and the Branch Davidians he, live that, on the main stage. That, that song isn't terrible. It's not. It's not the worst thing I've not. ever heard. So that was David himself. Yeah. Uh and his Branch Davidian band. Actually I don't know if anyone was with him in that one, but he did have a Branch Davidian band. Dude, he was rocking. 
Yeah. And the thing about it is, if you listen to, which I have all day today, <laughs> if you listen to his other songs and if you listen to him, if Homeboy had uh, some equipment, I mean, not the Marshall stacks, I'm yeah. talking like some uh, voice equipment and some someone who could probably mix some stuff. Yeah. He could release a record. Wouldn't have, it wouldn't have been terrible. It would not. That have sounds been like everything that was being put out at that time. It, it really does. I mean, that that hair band mm-hmm. type stuff. I can. He's got the voice for it. Yep. He's got that high range where he can. He even had the look. He he, he looked really like he could have he could have been. Wasn't in that. a bad looking guy. Nope. Mm-mm. He was just freaking insane. He was insane in the membrane. Yeah. Um. And not in the Cypress Hill way. And that that, that reference is right. That reference I had that one right. Is correct. Um. Yep. But this week we are talking about the uh, the David Koresh and the Branch Davidians. Waco and Waco, Texas. Long before Chip and Joanna came yeah, along. Much. <laughs> there was another reason why Waco was famous. Yeah. Much. 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 Way before. Yeah. Um, what's that show called? Fixer Upper. Fixer Upper. Yeah. When, when did you first hear about Waco? Because I think you were born. Yeah. It was like, yeah, the Waco siege was 93. Okay. So I was, you know, one or two. Yeah. But w- later on in happened. your life, when did you. When, do, do you when I first heard about Waco, it was. I was mm, this many years old when yeah. I first found <laughs> Um, no, I think I I was in my, I was a teenager when I first okay. heard it. It was like a CNN or a okay. special or something. That yeah, talked about yeah, it. yeah. And I was like, whoa, that's crazy. That, that happened. Dude, that dude, you know, was a horrible guy. Hmm. Um, and then I started looking up yeah. some conspiracies about that. Well, I mean, let's not, and I want to preface this early on. First of all. David, he, how old was he when he died? I want. I was just I thinking I that. Can, Did I he, can look that up. Is he in the Twenty Seven Club? Oh, no, no, geez. no, 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 no. How old was he? He was thirty three or thirty four. I remember Ooh. him referencing him being the same age as, as Jesus. Jesus. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, but let's see here. Uh, what I wanted to say was, uh, before we get started, thirty three years old. Who's thirty three? Thirty three. So scary. before we get started, um, homeboy, first of all, was he claimed to be a prophet. Mm-hmm. He claimed to be the reincarnation of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, he taught biblical teachings in a very skewed way, very skewed way. Um, and he did some pretty awful things. Mm-hmm. Um by the consideration of a normal Christian's uh, moral compass, yes, if you will, very much. So, so I just want to get that out there before we start defending him, yeah, oh, or yeah. before we start defending any of these people. I mean, he he was a, a sick individual, yep. very sick individual. Yeah. Um, with that being said, let's let's slide into it. All right, let's do it. Um, so Brian, I'm going to start out by talking about the, the uh, just a brief history of the Branch Davidians. Okay. okay. Um, so established by Victor Hautef, the Branch Davidians are an offset of the Seventh Day Adventist Church, 
with a literal interpretation of the Bible's the Bible's prophecies. Right, and, and especially the the revelation part when we get into Koresh. Oh, big time. Yeah, Beforehand, Armageddon. there was a lot of Daniel stuff, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of Old Testament prophecies. Yep. But when we get into old uh, Koresh there, there's, there's definitely some New Testament and revelations. Yeah, very literal. Uh, they settled in Waco, Texas in 1935, isolating themselves in order to prepare for Judgment Day and the second coming of Jesus Christ. All right. Um, the commune was established at, uh, or established as the Mount Car- Now, listen. Caramel. There's going to be Carmel. some controversy on how this is pronounced. Me, personally, being from the South, I say caramel. But but I think we have to defer to the residents. Exactly. And so caramel, caramel. As the, is right. how they pronounce it. That's how they all pronounce right. it. They don't say caramel. So I will say caramel. Okay. Okay. Uh, established as the Mount Carmel Center and then went through multiple leaders over the years until 1990 mm-hmm. when the self-proclaimed prophet, David Koresh, took over as the head of the Branch Davidians. And he, and he literally took over. Yeah. Well, kind of like uh, kind of like uh, Warren, Warren Jeffs. Jeffs. Just kind of walked in and said, it's me now. Yeah. And he was, um, he came into the Branch Davidians. Um, he has... Or had a a memory like none other, so he could remember scripture mm-hmm. word for word. Yep. And this was very impressive to the to the Branch Davidians. So he kind of he gained some popularity. He gained some notoriety within the group of of the Branch Davidians, even though Homeboy was wearing acid wash jeans, had long like hippie hair, and yeah. and carried around a, an axe. And when I say an axe, he he, he carried around a a, a, a black um, Stratocaster, yeah, airbrush guitar airbrushed with a naked chick with on a it. naked chick on it, <laughs> and played rock and roll. Would go to the, the local town and 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 uh, play in the bars. Yep. One, his favorite song to play was My Sharona. Really? I, see, I didn't know that. That's a fun fact about David Crouch. <laughs> I always thought they were saying My Corona. No. But it's not. Yeah. So that was his one. So um, even though he was a rocker, even though he was kind of, you know, a misfit, think about the Seventh-day Adventist. I mean, they're pretty strict folks. Yeah. You know, I mean, in appearance and what they do and what they listen to, what they can have in their house. And this is an offshoot of the Seventh-day Adventist. And they're just as strict mm-hmm. in the beginning. Until David Koresh walks in, waltzes in, swaggers in with his charisma, yeah, and literally takes over. Just this is mine now, right? You people listen to me. Yeah, yeah, and starts manipulating very early, very yeah. early on. Yep. And he so Koresh walks in, um, takes over, and uh, he he truly believed that he was appointed by God to bring about the end of the world. Right, he was the catalyst to bring Armageddon. Yeah, he. Th- this is his purpose here. Is uh, he's totally responsible for this. In addition to his prophecy about Armageddon, Koresh believes that he was, or believed that he was the Son of God. Right. Um, and he also called himself the sinful Messiah. Right. Um, a sinless Messiah uh, could not relate to a man and could not understand why man would sin, 
Therefore, uh, God sent Koresh as a sinful Messiah Mm -hmm. um, in order to do all these things and to save the world. So basically, he's like, look, Jesus, you know, was sinless. How can he understand? Right. God what the world is going me. through. Yeah, but I, I'll indulge right. in the sinfulness of the world so I can understand it. So when I save you, I know what I'm saving you from. I know, I know what I'm doing. Yep. Um, he used the Bible as a weapon, uh, reading it with a literal interpretation and telling his followers that one day they were all going to die. Yeah. <laughs> um, Koresh started a collection of guns and ammunition in preparation for the apocalypse. So yeah. he's telling these people as soon as he walks in, look. God sent me. I am your Messiah. Um, I'm going to help you guys prepare for the end of the world because they're coming for you. You, you are the ready. chosen ones. Yeah. You are, God chose you to help start this. We are going to fight Babylon together. In order to do so, we need to start stockpiling weapons. Mm-hmm. And this that's how this whole Waco thing gets started. Yep. Is, the world. Um, and he's telling them the government is coming for you. The government yeah. is coming to take over. Yeah, he, he viewed America as the new Babylon. He, he, yeah. he thought that literally, and, and as we'll see going forward, um, the prophecies that he was foretelling mm-hmm. were coming true left and right. Yeah. And so that just... During the siege and everything, yeah. that just made the people want to follow him even yeah, more. It solidified the deal. Yeah. They said, hey, crap, he's actually he, he right about he's all talking this. About. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so the ATF starts getting involved mm-hmm. because what happens is they a truck gets pulled over, and inside the truck there's some um, hand grenades. Yeah. And the hand grenades were stolen from the National Guard Armory. Mm-hmm. Well, they do a little bit more of an investigation. They see that some automatic weapons, some M16s, some things, some more was stolen from this National Guard Armory. Now, the Branch Davidians didn't steal the stuff. What they did was they traveled to a gun show mm-hmm. and they bought the stolen stuff. Mm-hmm. So on the way back, they get stopped and the stuff is found you know, in their vehicle or whatever, the local cop lets them go, mm-hmm. but makes a report of it and says, hey, because they had permits to buy at the gun show. They had permits to buy and sell from the gun show. So the local cop just makes a record of it and says, hey, there are, you know, live hand grenades, this, that, and the other, these, these type of weapons. Well, that gets kicked up to the ATF. And the ATF says, whoa, wait a minute. Live hand grenades, automatic weapons. So then they start paying a, a, a little bit more attention to the branch Davidians. Yeah. Um, there was, uh, I've heard, you know, you hear different stories about how this whole thing went down. Um, the there's, there's one where they tried to send in ATF agents kind of undercover. All right, so there was a, a, an undercover agent. Yeah. And what he did is he, he rented, well, the ATF rented the property across the street from Mount Carmel. Mm-hmm. And this guy's job was to basically infiltrate the, the group or whatever and find out where they kept the weapons. Where in the compound were they storing these weapons? 
right away, right away, uh, Koresh and his people are on to him. They know that something's yeah. hokey about this whole thing. I think they were being disguised as students, but it was like 40-year-old men. Right. <laughs> and they were right. like, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't think they're right. With crew cuts. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> and driving, <laughs> you know, government-issued vehicles. They didn't go about it very smart. But but Koresh take, actually takes these couple guys in and starts preaching to them. Yeah. And even though he knows they're there undercover to gain information on him, he embraces it because he knows this is going to be the catalyst to mm-hmm. start Armageddon. Yeah. He knows this is the beginning of it. So he... I mean, he never turns them away. He never treats them poorly. He invites them to their services, invites them to dinner. I mean, he hangs out with them, goes out back and drinks some beers with them. I mean, for all the ATF knew, hey, this is working. Yeah. You know, he thinks that we're one of them. Yep. So when they... uh, um. So they got word of how much is being stockpiled. Right. And their ammunition. And then they plan the raid. Right. So they're getting the raid planned. And uh, I heard it put that this raid, there was so much money and so much effort being put into it. It was almost like the, um, oh, how do they put it? The, the Golden Globes <laughs> for the FBI. Well, ATF. Or ATF. ATF. Well, um, yeah. So they wanted to make this a huge, a huge win for the ATF. Yeah. So they had uh, press agents, Mm -hmm. agents that were in charge of public relations and everything. They came into town. They were preparing. They had this huge um, uh, raid planned. The thing that screws them up is... A newspaper story mm-hmm. comes out a day before the raid that says, no, excuse me, a week before the raid that is focused on David Koresh. And so this just moves their timeline up because mm-hmm. now they, they believe they're losing the element of surprise. Yeah. Because now David Koresh is saying, there's a newspaper article about me alleging all of these things. I need to start putting my guard up and I need to start preparing for something. Yep. So they move the raid up. Yeah. And by doing so, I mean, it, it, it just turns out bad. Yep. Turns out very bad. And and then the Branch Davidians are, are tipped off even further because the guys going out to do the raid don't know how to get there. Right. And they stop and ask a post a postman for directions. Well, guess who the postman is? The, one of the Branch Davidians. The brother of one of the Branch Davidians. Yeah. <laughs> so, of all the people, you have 40 ATF agents <laughs> loaded up in cattle cars and a convoy armed to the T stopping and asking the postman directions. The postman gets on the phone and calls David and says, hey, they're coming, buddy. Yeah. They're coming after you. Meanwhile, the undercover agent is inside. He's inside the compound. Mm-hmm. And he, he, 
and, and later on in interviews, he said, I had a heart to heart with David and I said, they're coming for you. You know, I got to get out of here because by that time they knew everyone was aware yeah. that yeah. You know, an element of surprise got the door and David knew he was an ATF agent. The ATF agent knew that David knew. So he just said, they're coming. I, I, I have to leave. Yep. Um, and David says, you do what you have to do. You're free to leave, you know, mm-hmm. and, and they can come all they want. I'll be here and I, I, I have no problem talking to them. Mm-hmm. He wasn't loading people up with machine guns, pointing out windows or anything. He was ready to talk to these people. Yeah. And on February 28th, 1993, ATF agents showed up with search warrants for the property and an arrest warrant for Koresh. Gunfire erupted almost immediately, but no one really knows who shot first. Well, <laughs> if you go yeah, if if you go back to the the tapes that were part of the congressional hearing, uh, the ATF shot first, um, and that's. That's a proven fact. Yeah. Now. Now. Now yeah. it's a proven fact. Yeah. Um, and the way it is is um, they they were instructed if the dogs come up, because there's a lot of dogs, once they open the fence, if the dogs come up and start acting aggressive towards you, put the dogs down mm-hmm. and proceed to the door. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what they did. They put the dogs down. Boom, boom. Killed the dogs. And then... While they were giving an order for everyone to stay inside, David Koresh opens the door. When he opens the door, the agents think he's been given an order to stay inside. This is an act of aggression. Mm -hmm. David Koresh opens the door. Shots are fired at David. There are two guys in the living room with access to weapons. They pick up the weapons and start shooting back. And that's when it just erupts yep. into a two-hour gun battle. Yep. Can you imagine? Two My hours. Um, so two hours later, four ATF agents and six Branch Davidians were dead. And if you watch the video, you, I'm sure you can YouTube it or whatever, mm-hmm. of the ATF going in, you can see ATF agents getting shot on the roof. Yeah. But you also see a slew of ATF agents just shooting at the house. Yeah, just now, blowing holes throughout the whole entire building. Now, there's 50-some-odd adults and 20-some-odd kids. So, they're, you know, I hate doing it. It's so cliche, but there are women and children inside. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And they're just blindly firing at this house. Now, granted, they're getting fired back on, but at this point, no arrest warrant has been served. And you don't even know who, where the location of the shooters are. Yeah, right. coming back at you. So, like you said, blindly shooting blindly. into a house. You don't know who's in there. You don't know who's in there or where they're at. Where they're at. So, an arrest warrant was, was not served yet. A search and seizure warrant was not served. Nothing had been served. So, as far as the Branch Davidians know, listen... There, there are people tr- attempting to gain entry into our building, not the nice way. They didn't knock on the front door. They shot our dogs, and then they shot our leader. Mm-hmm. 
the uh, the FBI intervened, and nine hundred members of law and nine hundred yeah. members of law enforcement moved in, um, and uh, and for weeks negotiators bargained with Koresh, bringing in supplies and hoping for a surrender at some point. Yeah, so it says nine hundred law enforcement. It it doesn't mention the military personnel. Yeah, that were involved as well. Yeah, which is. The 900 is a combination yeah. of the two. Yeah, so that doesn't I – mean, just sit back and think about that for a minute. <laughs> all That's all the FB, all the law – yeah. FBI, in, in the, the Texas Rangers, the ATF. The surrounding Waco. Yeah, all the police departments. <laughs> plus, they brought in the military. This is a good time to go steal a TV. Yeah, They're all over there at that uh, <laughs> yeah. Colt place. But think about you're think about you're sitting, you're you're hunkered down. You just got shot at. People are dead inside your building. Numerous yeah, people yeah. are dead. People are shot. People are wounded. And then tanks, M1 Abrams, tanks start rolling up to the property. Last time I checked. The military wasn't for domestic use. Yeah. It was for foreign use. Yeah. The fact that military was even present is mind-boggling to me. Yeah. Mind-boggling. How that did not violate the Posse Comitatus Act, I have no idea. I don't know what you just said. Posse, like Posse Comitatus. <laughs> what, what is that? It's, it's basically uh, an act that says... The military is not to be used in any way, shape, or form against its own people. Okay. It's illegal for them to do that. Man, you learn something new every day. The Possum Karate Act. <laughs> uh, the FBI then tried harsher tactics such as turning off electricity, blaring loud music. Now, I wonder what they blared because if it was like Def Leppard, Koresh was probably just jamming. Right. Um, but it doesn't say what kind of music it was, so maybe it was... I, um, I knew at one point. Oh, did they, they actually yeah. t- say what it was? I watched something, but I, I don't remember what it was. Hmm. But I remember hearing what they played, and it was hilarious. Oh. <laughs> Tiny Tim. <laughs> it, it was, through the yeah, it, it was horrible music. But they played it at all hours of the night, and they shine spotlights. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it didn't work. No. No, there was no... Uh, no, his guard wasn't coming down at all. No. And finally, after a 51-day standoff, Attorney General Janet Reno. Uh, every time I hear the name Janet Reno, I never even knew what she looked like. I just always think about the SNL skit. Where, oh, gosh. Where uh, Will yeah. Ferrell played Janet Reno. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Janet Reno gave the FBI the green light to raid Mount Carmel. And on 19, uh, April 19, 1993, the tanks rolled in smashed through the compound, and deposited nearly 400 canisters of tear gas inside the building. Correction. Uh. The official report says tear gas. It was actually CS gas. Okay. Which is a far more... uh, So tear gas will just make your eyes water Mm. and cause um, some trouble breathing. CS gas is is the capsin stuff Mm -hmm. we were talking about that one time. Yes. It nausea, vomiting, complete loss of skill, uh, your fine motor skills. It, Jeez. Yeah, and the so what they did was they got these huge canisters, 
and they mounted them to a boom on top of the tank. And they took the tank and they rammed it into the side of the buildings. Again, not knowing where people are, not knowing where these children are, rammed these tanks into the side of the buildings and then released the gas into the buildings. Good Lord. Right. Jeez. Um, <sighs> several hours later, the fire broke out. Right. Um, heavy winds then fanned those flames, and it was, like, unusually windy that day, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, they fanned the flames, and then it spread throughout the property, reducing it all to ash within an hour. Yeah. Around 80 Branch Davidians died, including David Koresh, 25 of them being children. Yeah. Yeah. So Most of them died from smoke inhalation, but two members were found with fatal bullet wounds to the head. More than two. Yeah. That's why I, I, I've heard way more than that. This must be a older report. All right. So, so first of all, I want to start with there was a point around day 30-something maybe where David said, all right, you release a recording of my message onto the radio. After you do that, everyone's coming out. They do that. They release the recording. He's watching the news, watching the reactions of it. People are laughing at him. People are making fun of him. I mean, it's it's just horrible. Right. He says, well, God told me it's not time for us to come out. We're not coming out anymore. So that was one time where he kind of broke his word. Not kind of. He, he did break his yeah. word for bringing the hostages out. Around day 48... He says, God has commanded me to write my interpretation of the seven seals. Once I am done writing that, God commanded me that we are all to leave. So, now, when he said that, by leaving, does he mean coming out? We all like, are coming out. Like we're just, we're going to just leave we're and gonna go surrender. away or nope. surrender. Okay. We're going to so surrender. Actually yep. surrender to them and say, yep. sure, you got us. We're all coming out. Okay. So they let him write one seal. Um, the tactical element of the hostage negotiation mm-hmm. never intended on him writing anything else just because he broke his word before. Now, that's the tactical. The the hostage negotiators and everyone knew that David was legit on, on this one. David sent a letter out to his attorney and, and said, listen, get ready for my defense because we're coming out. So... You know, it should take me about this long to write these things. I need you to get ready for, for me to come out. So, I mean, he fully intended on coming out. Um, can you trust him? I don't know. Uh, yeah. He, he is kind he's of a crazy. cult leader. Yeah, he's a cult leader. Um, and they made jokes, by the way, that they were a cult. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah it yeah. wasn't like Scientology where or the Rajneeshis. Like, they, they didn't really consider themselves a cult. By definition, yes, you yeah. are. But they made uh, the Branch Davidians joked about it. Joked about it yeah. all the time. All the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so bad about calling them a cult. 
So the Branch Davidians around right before the siege. Um, now, you have to take in consideration they've had very minimal food, very minimal water, practically no sleep due to the music, music and, the lights, and the lights, the helicopters buzzing around the compound, the tanks 24-7 driving around, three tanks driving around 24-7. On those tanks, on those helicopters, the the FBI um, uh, quick reaction force, whatever they're the special forces of the F- FBI, I guess is they um, they're driving by, mooning them, they're flicking them off, they're pointing their guns at them, they're pointing their gun, their hands, making hand gestures like they're going to kill them. I mean, they're taunting them. Yeah. They're taunting them. So right before this all, this day 51 happens, the Branch Davidians are preparing to come out. But they don't know if they're going to be shot. They don't know if it's safe to come out. And in the morning, early, in the, early that morning, on the loudspeaker, the hostage negotiators start blaring a message that says, we are, we are putting tear gas into the building. This is not an attack. We are putting tear gas into the building. This is not an attack. And that's when they start ramming the building with their tanks and filling it with CS gas, okay. which had no effect. Yeah. Little to zero effect on, on the Branch Davidians. So what happens is they run out of CS gas. They run out. They have to get more flown in. Before they get more flown in, that's when the fire breaks out. Now, the official story is the Branch Davidian started that fire. Yeah. That's what the media... That's what the FBI says. That's what everyone says. That the, The Branch... In fact, the, the, the public relations guy for the FBI said, during this siege, no FBI agents fired a shot into that building. Mm-hmm. Tear gas was sprayed into the building. Nothing was fired into the building whatsoever. Even though that the Branch Davidians were shooting at them, they did not fire back. And then... They started the fires and essentially committed suicide. Yeah. All of the physical evidence, all of the video evidence says otherwise. Yeah. So first of all, let's go with the video evidence. So the FBI had a plane flying a few thousand feet up with FLIR, a FLIR camera on it. And what that FLIR camera does is it, same thing if you, if you watch the news and you see those kind of black and white videos of insurgents or whatever yeah. on the ground, you can tell by their body heat where they are, yeah. even in the broad daylight. Kind of like an infrared. It's exactly what it is. It's, it's infrared. Okay. Um, so as these tanks are rolling up to inject this building with, tear gas 
there are teams of humans. I'll tell you who they are later, but it, watching it, you don't know who they are. That fall out of the back of the tank, roll and start firing into the buildings. You can see the muzzle flashes. You can see them firing into the buildings, each one of these tanks. You also see a helicopter come around with a, a machine gun and start firing into the courtyard. You also see, this is all through the FLIR, you also see in the sniper positions, the snipers firing repeatedly Gosh. into the buildings. Yeah. And then you start seeing small explosions in the buildings. What those small explosions are is they're firing um, grenade-type uh, projectiles into God. the building, kind of like a flak grenade yeah. to stun and to maim the people in there. After those grenades go into the buildings, that's when the fire starts. One of those grenades hit a stash or a store of, they said it was roughly uh, one to 200 gallons of kerosene and gasoline, and that started the fire. Once that fire started going, Branch Davidians think ATF started it. This is what the prophecy says. The prophecy yep. says God will avenge us with a wall of fire. ATF is saying the Branch Davidians did this. They're thinking Branch Davidians did this. Guys on the ground. But in all reality, it was from what they did. So as people start coming out... It wasn't, so the first wave of people that came out, shot dead. Dead to rights. Mm -hmm. I mean, one guy had 17 bullet holes in him. Good Lord. That's, 17, just... that's not, you don't commit suicide with 17 no. bullet holes. No. You don't. Had 17 bullet holes in him. So the higher-ups recognize that this is all being recorded. <laughs> mm -hmm. The news the news people, the FLIR up in the, up in the plane, and they say, you, there's a radio command, cease fire, cease fire, cease fire, secure the hostages. Boom. Now the people who come out, the 10 people who, who survive it, who come out, they're taken into custody. Now the guys who were in the tanks, who rolled out yeah. to start shooting the building, Delta Force. Oh my God! United States military on your special own operations yeah. on your own people confirmed. Oh, B squadron. There, there were ten uh, Delta Force troops from the Freedom of Information Act. Uh, they got this paper that says that gave a presidential order. The president at the time, Bill Clinton, presidential order yeah. that uh, ten personnel from B Squadron Delta Force could be forward deployed to Waco, Texas. Now the president didn't tell them to go down there and kill people, but no. once they were down there... Janet they, Reno told them to go down there and kill people. They were utilized. Yeah. They were utilized. So the women and children were treated down into a bunker. There was this bunker that, um, funny enough, I guess not funny enough, but three years ago, or three years before this, 
there's a fire, a huge fire, and the building survived the fire. So the, the bunker did. Mm-hmm. All the women and children go down into the bunker. During the fire, during the CS, the women and children, they're affected by some smoke. They're affected by some um, uh, of the CS gas. But all of the bodies died from a large concussive blast. So this is a reinforced concrete bunker. If you watch the siege... Wasn't it a school bus? A buried school no, bus? No, there was a buried school bus. Okay, but this, but was this, something this is a different, different. bunker. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If you watch the video of the siege, you see a large explosion. Yeah. Propane tank. Um, before the propane tank, you see a smaller explosion. What they determined happened was on top of this bunker, shape charges, C4, was placed on top of this bunker and detonated, thus killing everyone who was inside of the bunker. Basically, their insides exploded from the pressure. So these women and children, that's the way they died. They didn't die from smoke inhalation. They didn't die from the CS gas. They just exploded. They exploded, basically. God. Whew. Man. And, and this is all, this isn't, you know, tinfoil hat stuff. No, no. This, this is, is all documented, documented findings. How long ago did all that finally start to come out? Uh, it was uh, early 2000s, and then the, the confirmation from the, the video stuff and the Freedom of Information Act stuff didn't come out until late 2000, so 2000. 2009 somewhere around there but still trying to keep as hush hush as possible oh definitely because it's doesn't look too good on your repertoire no when you talk about how the atf rolled in there and blew up a bunch of people right right yeah um yep but just because they tried to deny it they they still had uh protests erupting left and right Oklahoma City bombing is a direct yeah, result that's, that's of cr- this. That's crazy too. Yeah, Timothy McVeigh. Um, and if you look at the escalation of events, you have Ruby Ridge. Now, see, I don't know anything about Ruby Ridge. I'll let you discover Ruby I'll, Ridge. I'll check that out. Okay. You have Ruby Ridge, which the same sniper teams that were at Ruby Ridge who killed an innocent woman were over here at Waco oh, firing into the building. Hmm. The guy got the guy got charged with manslaughter, the sniper, and nothing ever happened to him. Of course not. No. Um, so you have Ruby Ridge, which escalated basically into Waco. You have Waco that escalated into the Oklahoma City bombings. Mm-hmm. Isn't that crazy? Yep. Yep. Timothy McVeigh said that that was his motivation behind the Oklahoma City bombings yeah. was the injustice um. Yeah. Now don't it, don't get it twisted here. I, there's a lot of all right. The government screwed up. Yeah. And the time. government killed yeah, yeah. killed these people. Yeah. Okay. Uh, they didn't deserve to die. No. Um. But it was a cult. Yeah. And David Koresh did some horrible. He's, he was a horrible person. In fact, things. why don't we get into that? A uh, let's bit. talk about that a minute. Like, yeah, the the government did what they did. But let's talk about David Koresh for a minute here. Um, so he led those Branch Davidians with an iron fist the entire time that he was part of it. 
was very strict, was very much into um, disciplining children as young as eight months old. The reason being is he wanted to train them and scare them at such a young age because the end of the world was coming. Mm -hmm. He wanted to make sure that they obeyed and they listened because if he said drop, you're dropping. Right. And if you don't, you're going to die and you're going to get the rest of us killed. Right. So eight months old. Eight months old. Starts disciplining. I'm talking like hard spankings. He even spanked adults. Yeah. Um, yeah. He wasn't afraid of that. No. Um, so everyone's living in fear. They talked about how strict – every video I've watched talk about how strict the rules were. Um, and, for example, um, adults couldn't drink milk. Right. Because mm-hmm. milk is for babies mm-hmm. and you're an adult. Right. Um, so women couldn't wear makeup or jewelry or anything like that. Um, and you had to attend Bible study three times a day. Yeah. So. Not only that, he had a a uh, he liked the ladies. He's well. He's a polygamist. He's a polygamist. And unlike the other Branch Davidian leaders before him, he, they didn't practice that. No. He was the only one that was like, eh. You know what? The, part of me being the Messiah, I'm just going to come in and and take your wives. Right. Uh, and his number two guy. Um, Steve, oh, I can't remember his last name. Uh, this is the guy who did most of the negotiations with with yeah. the FBI during the siege. He was the one that was normally on the phone talking to them. Number one, David Koresh was shot. Yeah. Okay, if you remember the opening scene of the siege, Koresh is shot. He's shot in the side, in the, mm-hmm. in the uh, abdomen. Um, there was a point in time where he wasn't going to make it. Mm-hmm. So Steve kind of takes the reins um, and starts talking with the FBI. David decides, since he's already built up a rapport and already started a dialogue, I'm going to let you handle most of the talking. That doesn't take away. David still talked to the, to the FBI. But this dude, the number two guy, he and his wife, now he, had, he was a professor of theology. Hmm. Let mm. that sink in. Yeah. Professor of theology. Uh, he and his wife could not have children. Couldn't have children. They were married, you know, up teen years. Couldn't have a kid. David says, mm, I'm going to, God told me, I'm, I'm going to take your wife as one of my wives. You can still be, you know, friends with her, but she's now my wife. Yep. Knocks her up. Yeah. She has the baby. Slap in the face, man. Slap in the face. So this dude stands by him. He he got his wife pregnant, took his wife, and had a kid, which he couldn't do. You know, they never got tested. Yeah. But now we, you know, after David knocks her up, we now know it was his fault that they couldn't have kids. What? A, I mean, dude, think about that. Yeah. And he stuck by him until the end. Until he's the, the, he's very the prophet, end. man. He is the prophet. Um, yeah, and not only that, he made all the men remain celibate that whole time. Right. He's like, look, I'm I'm the Messiah. I'm coming in. I'm going to take your wives. I'm going to bang all of them. You guys don't even think about it, though. Yeah, it's cool. And, 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 and don't ask any questions. And they didn't because they believed right. this man is the prophet, the Messiah, and he's here to bring right. about the end of the world. And so what the FBI did during those last days is they read up on their Bible mm-hmm. and read up on David's philosophy 
and familiarize themselves with it. So they started doing things intentionally to coincide with David's revelation of the end of the world. What that did twofold, that made the people inside say, oh my gosh, this is coming true. You know, David was right this whole time. These things are happening in order the way that they're supposed to happen. And the FBI, it kind of blew up in their face. He thought that it would somehow cause division inside the ranks. Yeah. And and they would win, but that's not what happened at all. No. And I read I read something briefly after it, it was like a you know however many years later after Waco, uh, kind of like a follow up for anyone who was still uh, the survivors and things like that. Right. They think that one day he's coming back. Yeah, and they're just waiting. They're just hanging out, just waiting on him to come back and gonna fulfill the prophecy. Not only will he come back, every one of those oh, yeah, people of who, who died mm-hmm. because they were the army of God. Mm-hmm. So when this Armageddon does happen, it will be David Koresh riding in on the white horse to fight for the side of God. Yep. So you, there's an extreme adoration from these people for David Koresh. And they they have their thoughts and their views about him being the the chosen one and coming in there to um, fulfill the prophecy and this and that and the other. Um, this is just a brief summary of mm-hmm. everything that mm-hmm. happened. So, um, ATF gets wind of all this ammo and guns being stockpiled. They're like, we're not cool with that. They get together the uh, the all star. Game for them, you know. Yeah. Um, lost them with the element of surprise. Some of them even wanted to back out. It's like, look, yeah, it's not yeah. going to work. Right. We need to just try something else. He's on to us. Right. He knows we're coming. This isn't going to fly now. Right. And they're like, nope. Too much money. Too much effort's been put into it. Screw it. We're going. Janet Reno. Do it. Do it. You know. Come in. Guns a blazing, literally kills everybody inside. Two, and again, two hours. not a conspiracy theory. Yeah. Even though it, it it was for so long, it's been yeah. confirmed. They went in there and killed those people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, people people were murdered. Yeah. Denied it. Came back. Confirmed. Still have people who believe David Koresh is coming back. Yeah. Yeah. So, but. As a part of our cult series, let's take a look at the official definition of a cult. Um, A system of religious uh, veneration and devotion directed towards a particular figure or object. Yes. A relatively small group of people having religious beliefs or practices regarded by others as strange or sinister. Definitely. Um, And finally, a misplaced or excessive admiration for a particular person or thing. Yes. Okay. So by definition, this was a cult. It was a cult. And it was very sad to see that 80 people died, 25 of them being children. Very sad to see. They were cuckoo, didn't deserve to get blown up. Yeah, and, you know, at the end of the day, David Koresh was a just... <laughs> terrible person. He's a terrible person. The, but but they didn't harm anyone. No. Everything out there that I've read or that I've seen, the kids were taken care of very well. 
outside of the early discipline, um, it wasn't done as abuse. Like he didn't get his rocks off. Yeah. Disciplining these kids. It was preparation. A strange practice. Yeah. Um, I don't think the children's welfare was put in in harm by doing that. Um, very, very out of the normal. Yeah. But they they weren't hurting anyone. Yeah. And, and they died. They were considered terrorists. Yeah. And and you know four ATF agents died. They lost their lives that day on the raid. And my heart goes out to them and their families. And I just see a lot of a lot of death surrounding this that could have been avoided. Yeah. David Koresh said on one of his video, uh, he was sending videos out. Yeah. yeah he said, that. you could have got me any day of the week on my morning jog. You could have pulled up next to me and snatched me up when I go jogging in the morning. He went jogging every morning, did five miles every morning out of his compound on a public road. He said, you could have got me any day of the week, but you decided to come in guns a-blazing. Mm-hmm. He said, whose fault is that? And I got I to gotta, I gotta say. Big middle, middle finger. He's got a point, man. Yeah. He's got a point as... Messed up and twisted as he was, I don't think he deserved to die. No. I, I, I don't. Just cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Yeah. Yeah. Which is weird. Yeah. Out of the norm. Weird stuff. Yeah. And, and you know, the, these cults we're covering, it, it's the extreme end of the cult. Yeah. You know, it's the very cuckoo stuff that we're, we've been covering. Um, I... I as we start nearing the end of this cult series, I want to start going not so out there yeah. cult yeah. Uh, mentality. Some stuff that might uh, resonate to someone, you know, on a day-to-day thing that they're a part of, and yeah. they might not consider it a cult. Um, but if they really think about it, it might be a cult. Or cult-like, yeah. or the trappings of a cult, or the yeah. beginnings of a cult. Just makes you think a little bit. Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, but yeah, that's all I got on that. This uh, the the story about David Koresh and the Branch Davidians reminds me the most. Uh, or while I was playing Far Cry Five. Oh gosh! Did you ever play that? No. No. So that that game in particular was all about a cult leader. Okay. Um, very similar to what happened in Waco, uh, but you're obviously you're playing on the the side of the um, FBI agents coming in and you know yeah. trying to get people. They're like, but but in this case, they were drugging people. Yeah. Um, so that was different. Um, but the the mannerisms of the character in that game, Joseph Seed. Okay. Reminded me a lot of, of David, David Koresh. watching videos of David Koresh. They even kind of look the same. Oh yeah. I think um, with the glasses and mm-hmm. the long hair. Uh, so had I see, I knew about the Branch Davidians and, and David Koresh. I didn't do a whole lot of research on that while I was playing that game. I wish I had. Yeah. That would have been cool. Yeah. Kind of really look and pay attention to see where you can draw the um, the or see the con- the comparisons. Yeah. 
and similarities between the two. So pretty, pretty cool. Yeah. Well, there's all kinds of stuff out there. Some of it, uh, sticks to the mainstream narrative. Some yeah. of it doesn't. Um, most of, most of the stuff coming out, you know, on news stations, you know, if Dateline does a special on it or something, it's going to pretty much stick to that. Oh yeah. The, it's, it's their, yeah. it's their fault. The fire started. Yeah. They but shot first. I think, um, there, there's a former FBI agent who put together a compilation of an investigation. Um, there's a congressional investigation of this whole thing. Um, but put everything together and packaged it up in a nice documentary. Now this, the, this guy was a former FBI, um, agent and he gathered, I want to say it was 36, um, guys from the ATF, FBI, any people who had direct correlation to this event who all say, listen, the government screwed the pooch here. Yeah. And the government covered up a whole mess of stuff and it should never have happened, but it did. Yeah. Sadly it did. Yeah, definitely. Well, there you have it. There David Crush, David Branch Crush. Davidians. Branch Davidians. Yeah. In the Waco siege, Waco. infamous Waco siege. Yeah. All right. Well, Brian. Yeah. You got some music for us? I do. What? Gosh. What did I? Um. Let's see here. Yeah, taking back Sunday. Mm-hmm. What did you say the name of the song was? I thought it was "Great Romances of the Twenty First Century," which is a song. But it's, um, it's by them. But it's yeah. not this one. It's this a one's decade a decade under, under the, the influence. influence. Yeah. Uh, so here we go. Decade under the influence, taking back Sunday. I read something funny about, uh, <laughs> so, uh, one of the band members, his name is Adam Lazara. Mm-hmm. Is that how you say it? Yeah. Lazara? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when all that, uh, Sandy Hook stuff came out, the Sandy Hook guy's name was Adam Lanza. Oh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> so I guess homeboy's Twitter feed was blowing up. Good Lord. Not good. <laughs> <laughs> That's horrible. Poor guy. Yeah. Um, Church of God boys. 
Are they really? No. no. I didn't think so. No. You can't say that for every single one. There's no uh, way they're all Church of God boys. <laughs> no. Definitely not. Oh, jeez. Um, all right. What well, are you listening to? So, ah, man, I have a love-hate relationship with this next band. Oh. Um, the band is Bring Me the Horizon. Mm-hmm. And about 10 years ago, I think, is when I first got into them. And they were great, and I loved them. I thought they had a, 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 a great sound. And it was really catchy stuff. And then they they started changing the way that they sounded with every album. A little more electronic, a little more poppy, you know, as it grew. But, you know, it still had some parts where it was like, okay, well, this is still heavy. But what is out now is absolutely flip the script. And I have such a hard... I have a hard time <laughs> accepting that with a lot of bands. So does the internet. So does the internet. <laughs> Given by the comment section I tagged you in, it was Bring Me the Horizon. I think this album was actually released, might have been today or a few days ago, something like recent, that. They have a new album out called Ammo. How appropriate <laughs> for today's topic. Didn't even yeah, think about it. Didn't that. even think about that. Um, but uh, the comment section was hilarious because people hate it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, but here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna play you a short sample of their first album, and then their new album, yeah. and then I'll play my song suggestion just okay. to make it a little bit uh, more fun here. So this okay. is this is a song off their first album called "Pray for Plagues." <laughs> Love that, right? The squeal. All right, so there you go. Pray for plagues. That's the first album. Okay. Can't understand a word that dude no, just said. No, but it's okay. It's heavy, and that's just what the, the kids want to get in their mosh pit at Warp Tour, and they just want to throw around yeah. and kick stuff and hit people. Okay. Um. So this is <laughs> this is off the new album. Um. Called Ammo. Uh, this song is called Medicine. Oh. Okay, so I want you to just take what you just heard. This is the same band and pretty much all the same members. Oh, pretty, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right, so. <laughs> Wow, so it's it's so drastically different. You it can is. understand why some people are like, "What are y'all doing now?" And and, and if you could compare it, it, it it's almost like it, they went backwards. Yeah, or or it should be flip flopped. Right. Like the first stuff should have been what they released years ago. Yeah, and then progressively and then got progressively hard. got to that. Yeah, because years ago you had that. Yeah, Reliant K. Yeah. Blink 182 type Listen, sound. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. The songs aren't terrible. Yeah. It's the it's the principle of the matter that you go by the same name and people are coming to see you live. They want to hear Pray for Plagues. You know? Like it and you won't play it. It's just like what well, okay, I'm not even gonna bother. Anyway. 
my favorite comment on what you tagged me yeah. was, <laughs> and please go look up. So funny. It's the, on their official Facebook. Their official Facebook, uh, the picture. It says, Ed Norton, Billy Idol, and their three friends in the middle are all ready to help you with your taxes today. Swing by your local Jackson Hewitt for your biggest possible <laughs> They look so ridiculous. Because you go from that. Yeah, yeah, that's the picture I was going to ask you about if you saw that. Yeah. Yeah, so they, you, you go know, they got from their a long emo cuts. They're wearing white, white shirts with blood, blood all over them. them. Yeah. Long hair, yeah. eye, you know, eye makeup, yep. you know. Tatted they look up. very vampirish. Yeah. To. Representatives from Jackson Hewitt. <laughs> I mean, it's totally different. It just it 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 angers me. But yeah. you know, whatever. Um, but the song that I chose is is uh, came out in 2013. So this is kind of in the mid range of what we have now and what they used to be. So this song is called "Can You Feel My Heart." should have stayed with that right that was good that was good that was the last good one i actually liked a lot of songs off that album they should have stuck with that yeah that worked yeah that's that's not so much of an uh uh, of an evolution that you make your fans mad you know (laughs) what they're doing now is just like turning everyone against them you know you might as well just called it quits started a new band like when darius rucker started singing country music oh man I remember that. Why? <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway. Um, so, I mean, if you're into the new Bringing the Horizon, man, it, it go for it. That's fine. It angers me. Taylor Swift did the same thing. Yeah. Um, there was someone else that I – oh, Paramore. Mm. Paramore makes Paramore. me very angry because they're just like, nah, that – it's like it never happened. Yeah. You, you start. You had to start somewhere. Yeah. Please acknowledge Please that acknowledge it happened. That. Anyway. Um, all right, Brian. Um, I've got a pretty neat review here. Oh. Um, this is actually. Uh, um, well, I had it pulled up. This is from Michaela. Oh yeah. Yeah, she gave us a little shout out, and it was very nice and very kind. North, uh, North Dakota. Yep. Yep. <laughs> My not North Dakota is where she's at. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Wishing I would have listened to Not Religious Podcast sooner. It's a game changer for sure. Boom. So thank you. Game changer. Also, we got another one here. This one's this one's strange. Uh, Academy Award winning actor uh, Jeff Goldblum left us what? a review. Uh, See, wow, the Not Religious Podcast has completely changed my life. I no longer want to be an actor and just want to listen to Blake and Brian all the time as they guide me in the right direction with my spirituality. Big ups to you fellas and what you do. 
May the good Lord above continue to bless you. Your good buddy, Jeff Gold Doubloons. Uh, P.S. I'm donating $4 million to your Patreon once it's up and running. So thanks. Wow. <laughs> that was really sweet. I, I must have missed that one. Yeah. It, uh, I mean, it's uh, he actually mailed that to us. Oh, okay. Snail mail. He's a little too sophisticated for technology. I got you. These days. So, okay. You know, living off that Jurassic Park money. Right. Anyway, so thanks. Thanks, Jeff. That was sweet. Sweet. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, thank you for listening to another installment of our cult series um i don't really know how many of these we're gonna do but i'm having fun looking them up yeah um uh, i'm having fun talking about them yeah. but uh we should probably end it at some point in nah. time no nah? Nah. Uh, <laughs> i mean i think we got plenty of cults out there we can keep this going i mean maybe two more maybe two more Maybe yeah. two more. Yeah. I definitely want to hit Jonestown. Jonestown is a must. And I definitely want to hit Heaven's Gate. Yeah. Um, outside of that, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what There's else. There's a few out there, but I don't know. I kind of threw around the idea about Charles Manson, but it, was, yeah. it wasn't really a yeah. cult, but people considered him a cult leader. He had followers, but it was oh, a Oh, he definitely smaller. had followers. He had a small community. Yeah. But Well, so did Ted Bundy, though. But Jeez. that was afterwards. Oh, my gosh. So have you watched Ted Bundy tapes? I haven't. Is it good? Yeah, it's Vulgar? good. No, it, it's it's good. They don't go into detail. Because I won't watch it if it's got a lot of cursing in it. No, because that'll send you straight to hell. But anyway, um, he uh, they don't talk about they don't talk about his murders very much. They touch on it. Huh. They don't talk about the necrophilia very much. They huh. just kind of touch on it. That's kind of why he was sentenced to death yeah um it's because he uh killed people and then had relations with their bodies that's the final truth that's the final truth <laughs> <laughs> um we got to do a serial killer one got then. to on peewee yeah. on on we'll we'll do a serial Pee-wee killer Gaskins one right here Next. in south carolina yeah all right people yeah. um listen um Jesus is Lord. He is Lord. David Koresh is not the Messiah. No, he's not. If you do not know Jesus, uh, reach out to Blake and I, and we can introduce you. Bam. Boom. We got you. Yep. You can find us on all the the podcast podcast platforms. Um, Leave us a review. Send us some suggestions for the show if you like. Uh, Give us some feedback and let us know how you're enjoying these cult series episodes. Um, you can find us on Facebook, on Instagram, all the things. Um, and, uh, I guess we'll just have to catch you guys next week as we do part five of our cult series. Mount Caramel. Mount Caramel, because I'm from South Carolina and that's how I say it. Be nice to one another. Bye.